you know how we do things around here. Like, it's not like live on CNN or anything like that. Um, I don't know how it goes. I don't have a TV. Um, now, nah, like, do you, have you ever messed around with the whole meditation? Yeah, yeah. So I've uh, dived into it a little bit. And uh, it's a it's a really great concept, because it's something that, you know, as somebody who is that go, go, go mentality, like, mm. it's a great way to kind of just slow it down. And uh, like, I think for a long time, I had meditation in my head as like some like formal ritual that you have to do. But I realized <laughs> that, you know, even writing in my journal, that's like a form of meditation right there, taking those few minutes to slow down and just process my thoughts. So it doesn't have to be like, sitting on a yoga mat, you know, doing um all the time, like you, there's different forms of meditation that work for you. So uh, yeah, it's, it's been really helpful in recovery. Mm, yeah, I, I really agree. Like it's, you know, my mind's very similar. It goes a million miles an hour in a million different directions and it just completely splinters you, right? And you're like, what am I doing? Um, and be able to sit down and like focus on nothing. Yeah. It's very, very difficult. Like it's, it's harder than it it sounds right because you're doing nothing you're like well i've got to be able to slow the processes of my own brain down and then focus on what the room smells like or what the beach smells like or you know mm. what it sounds like and stuff like that rather than you know what have i got to do tomorrow morning or have i checked off enough things off my to-do list like it's it it's hard man and and i think you made a really important point of many things can be meditative for individuals, right? You know, working out, writing, walking, um, all these things can be, you know, forms of meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Every morning I wake up and uh, take a walk around the neighborhood and I'll read a couple chapters in a book. And that's just like my time. That's before I open the laptop or look at my cell phone or anything like that. That's kind of my form of meditation. It's just that, that time by myself where I'm just focused on what's in front of me rather than what's behind me or what's about to happen the rest of the day. Now that time to yourself at the beginning of the day, I think is the most important part of the day. Like mm -hmm. if, you know, if I drop that i feel like i'm playing catch up yeah. you know what i mean i think a big one actually it's just come to me is everyone wakes up and they go straight onto their phone mm -hmm. you know what i mean the alarms on their phone so obviously you've got to turn that off and then it's like boom get on a facebook get on an instagram get on a tiktok get on a linkedin get on their emails i'm like man like i've not even opened my eyes yet and i'm answering emails right. you know what i mean it's crazy it's like, no, 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 set yourself before the world ends up setting your mental state for that day. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I do that before I go to bed, too. It's like mm. in the evening, a lot of times people will take those cell phones to bed with them. And it's like you're connected right up until the point your head hits the pillow. And it's like I try like probably every night around like seven o'clock, a couple hours before I go to bed to just put the phone away and to just focus on what's actually happening in my life rather than what's happening on that screen. Because uh, mm. I think it helps me sleep better at night. But yeah. then it's yeah. also, you know, in the morning when I wake up, it's nice to have a little bit of time without that phone, too. So I think that's key, like on both sides of the equation when it comes to sleep. 
um, putting that phone away. Cause I used to be horrible at that. I used to, you know, sign on. And as I'm eating breakfast, it's just scrolling through the Facebook feed, scrolling, even scrolling through the news feeds and stuff like that. It's just like, there's so much happening in this world. You, you don't need to worry about it at 6am. Like just re- relax and take some time for yourself at that point. The news can wait. Yeah, for sure. Like for sure. we, um, me and me and Rob spoke about it yesterday of like, he came up with the concept of the mental diet. Right. And, you kind of like you're consuming all these things visually, audially, doesn't matter. Like you want to surround yourself with all that positivity, mm-hmm. all the things that's going to end up, you know, pouring into your cup rather than draining your cup. And the news is a brilliant example, you know, like negativity makes reactions and reactions sells newspapers, right? which is obviously a, an old way of putting it, but gets clicks or whatever, they make money these days. Um, and that's, that's what they're going to, that's what they're going to give to you. Right. Because it's all about making some coin. So why, why put yourself in that position? Why put yourself in a position where I'm just going to be surrounded by, Oh, this has happened or that's happened. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to have a pessimistic view on life. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's not worth it. It's, it's, there's, I I think about just even the pandemic, um, Mm -hmm. how it's been, it's been a horrible time for so many people and so many people have lost their lives or have gotten sick or lost their jobs. And uh, there's a lot of bad in it, but there's also been things in my personal life that have been great. The pandemic's Mm -hmm. given me an opportunity to, you know, to heal and to recover from things that I needed to face. And um, in a way, it's like we take all the negativity from the news and from the world, and we oftentimes like apply it to ourselves. But it's sometimes we can reflect and even in the darkest times, like there's time of growth, there's time of healing, good things can happen in the last two years or so here have been, um, you know, full of a lot of negativity when it comes to the news. But then I think about my own personal life. And there's been a lot of positive things that have come about too. So it's like, realizing that we're just a small part of the world like we're not the the negative tone that's out there doesn't have to apply to our own personal lives Mm. bro that's beautiful and like being able to see the light in the darkest space you know what i mean and learn everything is a lesson right Mm -hmm. um that's what i try and or how i try and look at the world is like okay like how am i supposed to be able to learn and grow from this like whether it's what not to do or what I don't want to do mm-hmm. or whether it's, Oh, okay. Like, wow. I didn't know that approach or that pathway or that way of thinking about things. I'm now going to go entertain that for a little bit longer. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people can learn um, from this pandemic. Right. And, you know, you just take lockdowns, for example, that was a great time to one connect with people that are in your house. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, if you've not got anyone in your house, that's fine. Connect back with yourself. That's number one. You know, people figuring out who they are, I honestly blows my mind because it feels like everyone is walking around as a child in an adult's body. Yep. 
Totally, totally. And I'm embracing that inner child in me lately. And it's been, it's been a fantastic way to live. It's almost like, I feel like in a way I've come full circle where I've uh, returned to kind of that innocence that you have when you're a child, that kind of carefree mentality where you're not worried about others' expectations or what others think of you. And it's like, I feel like over the course of the pandemic, I've been able to almost reconnect a little bit with that inner child that's always there because it's like uh we don't have to completely grow up we can still have fun we can still Mm. be kids at heart Mm. um it's just because even when the bad things happen uh, approach it with that kind of childlike mentality because i think it makes overcoming those obstacles and getting through the darkness a little bit easier i Mm. feel like that adult mindset that we that we attain at some point in our life it's like it almost always kind of looks negative or glass half empty Mm. where that child will look at it glass half full. And that's kind of how I approach obstacles now. Um, And it's been, it's been a a huge just change and shift in my mindset. That's really brought a lot more happiness to my life. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Like, I don't, I don't know why the concept has come about that we need to be these different creatures, right? When you, when you mature and grow up, when you physically mature, I should say, because most people physically mature, but they don't mentally or emotionally mature, right? Just kind of lock that kid up in a box and whatever hurt them, they just put it back in that box with them. And you're like, Oh my God, like guys, we've, we've got a lot of learning to do here. Like we've got a lot of like figuring out and, you know, self work, if you want to call it that, um, I know it sounds super cliche, but it needs to happen because, you know, it's easier to cause pain than to feel it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a good question for you. And it's one that we see a lot out there, especially like in mental health and stuff mm. on, online. But what is like one thing you would tell your younger self? Because mm. uh, I know the one thing that I would tell my younger self is that I'm enough. Because for a long time, I struggled with that growing up. I didn't feel like I was enough um, when I would compare myself to um, other people my age or maybe what was happening in other people's lives. I let comparison be the thief of joy, what we hear all the time. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I love that question. Like, what would you tell your younger self? And, and for me, that's what it would be, that I am enough. That's beautiful, man. Like, and it's quite that's quite funny because the first uh, kind of following on the the line of the first book I had on the first page was like a one sentence and it says, you're not alone. And then the second one, um, fingers crossed, it'll be out in like a month or something is you're enough. Uh, That's the, that's the first line in it. But um, what I'd tell my younger self, um, I have a similar question. I usually say, what, what three words would you tell your younger self? Mm -hmm. Um. And the three words would be see another side. Yeah, I like that. You know, perception is reality, you know. Um, And it's easy to get stuck in one way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, the way you think dictates your life. Yeah. Um, That is is powerful because that applies to just all aspects of our lives. And I think mm -hmm. of... 
of what an amazing world this could be if we all followed that, like mm. if we all saw things from a different perspective, because it's, it's so often we have this black or white thinking and uh, you know, it's either right or wrong, yes or no. And there's so much more to it. And when we allow ourselves to see different perspectives, we realize that it's a lot more, that there's a lot of gray area out there. A lot of gray. And, uh, that a gray area is a great place to live. <laughs> There's a lot of gray and there's also like, like so much color. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. in this circumstance, it's this answer. And in this circumstance, it's that answer. And you're just like, wait, so what's the overall answer? I was like, well, that's, that's the question, right? Mm-hmm. There, there, there isn't one. There isn't a, like a law of averages. There isn't just a, like you said, a black and white. And it's quite, it's quite funny, man. Like I'll sit in a coffee shop a lot and do some writing, right? And I'll just observe people. And mm-hmm. we're quite funny creatures to be able to observe because just the way we'll end up living, right, is very black and white. And you see like you see like channels people just follow. They do the same thing. They go to the same place. They say the same things. They never ask how people are doing. They kind of don't acknowledge anyone else. Everyone's on their own little bubbles. And you kind of just sat, sat there just like, what is going on, man? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I was I was thinking uh, as you were saying that I was thinking I just watched a master class with an actor and he was he was talking about how when he portrayed a character that had no lines in a play, like he wanted to do something that showed the audience that this person has a life before this scene and after this scene. Uh, so like he developed a limp for the character to just kind of to add that in. And it made me think about just in real life, how we'll oftentimes only think about people when we're observing them, like mm-hmm. when we're interacting with them. And we often forget that they have a backstory and that they have a life going on um, at the same time. And we, we often lose sight when we're just in that moment, we think, okay, this is that person. This is what they do. This is who they are. But we forget that there's so much of a story to them. And um, I think it goes back to kind of what you're saying, seeing that other perspective, realizing that other people have these these lived experiences that we can learn a lot from. Uh, we can we can really kind of heal ourselves and reflect on ourselves if we allow ourselves to get to know other people's stories. Mm. That's it, man. Sharing stories. I think that's what life's about life's about yeah. creating and then sharing stories and being able to learn from one another right you know yeah okay life is long but also life is short like you're not going to be able to do everything in one lifetime that's not going to happen so uh you know we need to be able to converse or write down the stories so then someone else can read it or talk about the story so someone else can listen to it or you know make a documentary or whatever so they can view it um but it's all about those sharing those stories and learning from one another and like a, a give and take, right? Like I kind of came up with an analogy of like, we got two hands to give with one and take with another. Mm-hmm. But most people grab with both hands. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> like, w- wait, what, what's going on? Like, you know, we, how am I supposed to know what it's like in your shoes? Right. Like I'm not, like there's, there is no way on this earth, I'm going to understand that. I might be able to guess and be like one in a trillion chance I'm going to get it right. But then mm-hmm. I'm still not going to be able to decipher the feelings that's going on inside of you because a lot of them are like undefinable. Yeah. I'm like, so it doesn't make any sense. Like it's it's all about 
sharing those stories, right? And being able to connect with with those people through the stories. And that's what I think life's about. And I think it's beautiful. Totally, totally agree. And it's it's amazing what happens when, when you're authentic with somebody mm. else and they reciprocate that then. And that's when, that's when the true storytelling kind of happens. Because I know for a long time I lived by lies. I had, you know, made up stories about myself to kind of try to feel better and to, to shield myself from the pain and the hurt that was actually happening inside. But it was once I shared my authentic story and found my authentic voice that I realized all of my relationships improved, including the relationship I had with myself. Um, just because I was being authentic, I found that others and those around me were being authentic as well. And mm. it was just a really, really eye-opening experience. Mm. I mean, just take a take a conversation, for example, like if someone comes up to you and gives you some honesty, you're like, okay, here's what it is. Like you're gonna respect that, right? And you're gonna you're gonna meet them halfway. You're gonna be like, okay, like I'll 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 meet you with some honesty too. And that, that's exactly what it's all about, like what you just said, rather than, oh, I'm gonna create this fictional character, so then you're gonna like me more and you're you're going to go one of two ways. You'll go down the same rabbit hole and you'll create some fictional characters. So I like you more. Or you'll be like, oh, fuck this guy. Like, <laughs> I'm out. I don't want to play this game. Like, we're not going to connect because you're stuck in a Disney fairy tale and <laughs> life ain't like that, pal. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Totally. And I think that's why it's important what we're doing and having these authentic open conversations because it's letting other guys out there know that it's okay mm. to talk about this stuff, that you don't have to come up with that fictionalized character because um, mm. oftentimes they do just come across being a jackass. I know that's kind of probably how I portrayed myself for a long time, but mm. it was it was because I was hiding that insecurity and that self-doubt that I had inside. And uh, I can I can say from personal experience, it's a lot less less exhausting interacting with people and being authentic than it is trying to be somebody else, trying to be a character. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, because then you've got to come up with all the wisdom, right? So yeah. if you know, if I turn around and was just like, you know what, Jason, not nah, I'm not doing good because of X, Y, and Z, and blah 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 blah. You might be able to see it from a different perspective, which you most definitely will and could drop one line i'll be like holy shit i've never thought about it that way okay mm -hmm. and then i'll go off and you know meditate over it or think about it for the next week or so and i'll be like you know what yeah he's right okay maybe i'm gonna start approaching it that way yep i think that's key i, I like how you said you know come back to it in a week or so like mm -hmm. we're so often we you know we want to make decisions right away we, we live in just a very fast world and sometimes these things require that time to meditate and to think things through and i think that's why going back to what we were talking about at the beginning is so important just uh you know taking that time to meditate and to reflect and mm -hmm. that a lot of the changes and growth that i've experienced have to take of course over a period of time they can't just mm -hmm. happen overnight um, even though it seems like everything else in this world happens overnight, like what the changes that can happen in somebody's life, they, they take time and you got to let them, let them happen on their own. That's it, man. And like healing takes time, right? And mm -hmm. growing takes time. Building takes time. Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every hour, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but rest is still a part of that journey and being able to just like, you know, file it away, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, know where it is don't just like you know cover it up and be like it's all good and then mm -hmm. run off into the sunset like a happy ending but um filing it away and be like you know what i'm gonna get to this when i've got time and energy to 
um that's that's definitely what i do man like i usually disappear you know mm-hmm. i'll uh, go live in my car go live in a tent go live in a van whatever and i'll just kind of drive around drop off the grid um you know delete everything from my phone and it's kind of just like all right have a fist fight with myself whatever i've like stored away for the year the past week it doesn't matter kind of pull them out and and have a fight with those things and and make sense of them in your and purposely send yourself a little bit crazy um in the meantime which you know i wouldn't say oh yeah everyone go send themselves mental um but that's just something that that works for me yeah yeah i i agree with you on the driving part to me that is that is a huge time for me to kind of meditate almost in a sense that i like to get out on the back roads here where you know there's not a lot of traffic and it's just me and it's just you know alone with my thoughts and i think that's that's a time where i've worked out a lot of solutions over the years even when i was going through some of my dark times i would hop in the car and drive because I just needed to physically get myself out of a situation in order to mentally connect with myself. And uh, that's kind of, that's what I do. I, I love to just hop in the car and, and go for a drive by myself to just mm. be, be alone with my thoughts. Mm. Yeah, totally. Like being, being alone with yourself and being able to figure that out and mm-hmm. figure you out and figure out how you feel is really important you know people usually try and stay in the fire mm-hmm. they're like okay something's happened let's let's figure this out straight away i was like no, no, no like that's not a sign of maturity all right that's a sign of desperation sometimes it's it's better to be like hey i appreciate you and respect you and respect what we got going on here um i'm not you know reacting in the best way and I know I probably won't end up reacting in the best way. Give me like five minutes. Give me half an hour. Give me a couple hours. Can we approach this tomorrow? You know, yeah, okay. Life doesn't always work that way. And sometimes you've got to be able to have it out straight away. Okay, fine. Um, that's just where you've got to go through those processes in your own head and be like, okay, I'm going to have to think about this before I say something. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially before you do anything. Um, but being able to take yourself out of that situation, calm yourself down and be able to be, bring yourself back, I think is so, so important, especially for males, right? Because yeah. we're usually like fight or flight, you know, obviously don't run away and don't yeah. start fighting. That's never, never the option. Um, exactly. that's, that's where I was. I was at that fighting stage all the time mm. um, before I was able to kind of, like you said, remove myself from the situation and just take a couple minutes. That was, that was when I started to notice the changes mm. was when um, I wouldn't just fly off the handle at somebody um, over the littlest thing because I was able to take a step back and remember what's actually important. And um, yeah, it's it, for guys, especially we kind of, anytime that something happens and we're kind of emotionally charged, it seems to come out as aggression, anger yeah. or aggression. That seems to be our default because for so long, that seemed like the only acceptable emotional response for a guy. And um, it, now through meditation and through this mindfulness work that I've been doing, uh, it's, it's really changed that. And now there's, there's no longer that aggression or that anger. Like it'll come out as sadness if it's sadness or hurt or disappointment, but it won't come out as anger anymore. Mm, 
that's really important. And I think, I think it's important to be able to feel all emotions, right. And being mm-hmm. able to like partition them all of, yeah, okay. You can get angry. All right. Fantastic. It's a, it's a feeling. You can also get sad. You can get the sense of like happiness. You can get the sense of anxiety, depression. You can get the sense of like excitement. Like it's all just emotion and having it not define who you are. Right. Human beings are supposed to feel full stop. And, and because of that, we're supposed to be able to feel everything. It's more like, you know, I've, I've, kind of witness people like to numb themselves right Mm -hmm. they don't want to go too far down so they don't want to get depressed anxious um or any of those quote-unquote negative emotion right Mm -hmm. so then they numb themselves towards the middle and then you can't really feel the other side you can't really feel complete happiness and euphoria and excitement and all those good quote-unquote emotions and it's like wait hold on a minute we're just like stuck in this middle ground of like a constant state of numbness and Mm -hmm. we call it being alive i was like i think we're living oh i think we're alive yeah but i don't think we're truly living right yeah we're breathing but that's that's about it it's about um, it yeah 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 i used to do that with alcohol i used to numb myself with alcohol all Mm. the time to try to you know avoid those negative as you said negative thoughts and emotions and i found that while I was doing that, I was missing out on the joy. I was missing out on happiness. I was numbing myself from the positive things. And um, that's why, you know, being sober now, because I had that abusive relationship with alcohol for so long, I no longer feel the need to have to numb myself. I'm, I'm okay experiencing any emotion that comes along, whether it's, you know, joy or sadness. Like, I'm fine with that because I realized that in order to feel joy, I've got to feel sadness. It's, mm. it's kind of that give and take where um, you have to be, you have to allow yourself to experience all emotions. And, uh, that's kind of, kind of what I was talking about earlier when I said it, I've gone full circle back to when I was a kid, because when I was a kid, it wasn't like I was drinking or anything to try to know myself. I was experiencing all of life's emotions as a child. And now as a 35 year old guy, I'm doing that exact same thing again. I'm experiencing all of emotions, all the emotions as they come. And I'm not trying to do anything to numb them or block them out. Just, just embracing them and and realizing that if, if it's um, a harder emotion to get through, like I'll get through it. It will pass. I love that, man. That's, that's so beautiful. And at the end of the day, like you're being a human being, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, once you're in that space, you can then connect with other people a hell of a lot easier and a hell of a lot stronger. You know, you can, you can see when someone's hurt and you can see when someone's anxious, you can see when someone's, shy or sad you can you can see when someone's happy you can see when someone's passionate like you can see it all it's kind of like you're you've woken up in the matrix right (laughs) um and i think i think that's really important and that's just going to help with connection and it's going to help with sharing stories because then we can actually listen to one another's stories rather than be like wow fuck this guy because you know he's done that and he's trying to get one over on me or whatever and you're like no it's got nothing to do with like comparing it's got everything to do with sharing it's got everything to do with trying to learn from each other and connecting in whatever way whatever way it doesn't doesn't have to go down a specific way you know like in whatever way things happen Mm -hmm. yeah 
I like that comparing and sharing. I like what you did there. I, I always do the, I would rather connect than compare. So mm. um, yeah, it's, it's all about making those connections by sharing and uh, you know, comparison isn't good for anybody. No, sir. No, sir. Have you tried, um, have you tried being honest with like random people, especially, especially dudes? Yeah. Yeah. So I have, and, uh, it's a very, it's a scary experience. Let yeah, me say weird. that because you talk about the ultimate kind of stepping outside of the comfort zone and, um, it's cause it just doesn't feel normal still. Um, I think because I've done a lot of my healing and recovery during the course of the lockdown and stuff during the pandemic, but I haven't had a chance to interact with a lot of people, um, face to face. But when I do and, you know, I'm being authentic and I'm being open and just honest about everything, like it's it's almost like an adrenaline rush for me right now because it's just like, wow, this is this is a major risk, but I've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So um, I kind of go for it. And for the most part, you know, the guys that I've been open with have been receptive to it. If anything, I've heard more back from them than I ever thought I would. Um, and it, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier, when I'm open, I realize that the people around me are more open too. So um, I, I've definitely noticed it. There's been some guys who you can tell they're still a little uncomfortable with everything, but um, I'm going to lead by example and just keep yeah. doing what I'm doing. That's it, man. That's totally it. Like leading by example and like calving the path, right? And just be like, mm -hmm. team, it's okay, man. You know, if you don't want to do this, you don't want to meet me halfway. That's fine. I'm just going to stay at halfway. And um, eventually, you know, people will start opening up and people will start doing their thing, you know, because it's not for us to force people to do anything. You know, it's it's their own journey. They're going to do it themselves. You know, self-work means yeah. you've got to do it yourself. Right. I can't like pull you there and you can't pull me there. You've got to be able to do these things on your own, um, which makes it more rewardable. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Everybody's got their own journey, their own story. And, mm. uh, you know, I'll, I'll share my story and they can take the bits and pieces out of it that might help them with their own. Mm. But at the end of the day, I can't be like, do X, Y, Z, and you're going to be healed or you're going to mm. recover because it just doesn't work like that. We're also also individual, but that's the last thing I'd ever want to do is try to try to force somebody to open up when they're not ready to. Um, mm. and I think that's that's, a, that's the big thing where just us as a society, we have to kind of change some of those norms and those stigmas and stereotypes that exist right now. Because I think by doing that, we'll be able to help kind of this next generation of young men that are growing up be more open and honest. Because for us, we we were often taught, you know, to be quiet, to be silent. That a man was strongest when they were quiet and stern. And, um, you know, it, we're redefining it right now. And I think that's pretty cool. We're, we're living in a, a pretty amazing time, I think, when it comes to tackling the stigmas and stereotypes. Mm, seen but not heard is yeah. what um, I was always kind of, I don't want to say told. I was kind of just like paired with it. It was like, oh, he's always seen, not heard. You know, and then you kind of observe how people react to that uh, statement and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's obviously what I need to do is to be seen but not heard because, you know, I I, I mean, fuck, that I even broke a memory of like, like growing up. I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, you, you can you can hurt me physically, but you'll never be able to hurt me mentally because you don't know what's going on. I won't mm -hmm. tell you, you know, and I'm like a kid and I'm, yep. I'm thinking that. And I'm, and I'm saying that to people. 
Did, did I ever tell you about the, the time I got stung by a bee in second grade? <laughs> I yeah, I, I think you did. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, where I got stung and I hit it because I didn't want anybody else to know that I was in pain. And it's yeah. like, that went back to second grade. Like at that point, I already had that thought in my head where, you know, guys just couldn't express any pain, whether it be physical or emotional, like we just had to act tough. That's insane. Yeah, That's insane. I mean, if anything, that's going to, um, highlight there is an issue or mm-hmm. is someone's having this thought a child is having this thought in second grade right yeah. not not an adult not a fucking 15 year old not not even a 12 year old right like seven a, or eight years old yeah. seven or eight you know we we do the same thing with like um uh, like body shaming and all that type of stuff, right? We go, okay, why is a seven, eight, six, nine, 10 year old, even 12 year old thinking about like how they look? They shouldn't, they should be out messing around, playing, obviously getting some some good guidance about what to eat. And because obviously it should be cooked for them at fucking mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine. Um, and just kind of living life. And, you know, genetics will do what it's going to do. And eventually when they get older, okay, cool. We can teach you about some things and you can start like messing around with some things if you want to, but not nah, like kids shouldn't be in this position where they're like, Oh, I want to look like this. You're like, well, well, wait, hold on. No, no, no. Be a child. Yeah. And it's the fun. same thing. Like, no, no, no. You shouldn't be thinking this, be a child. Right. Right. We always tell kids when it comes to professions that they can grow up to do whatever they want. Well, we mm. should have that same philosophy around everything about them. They can, they, they should just be able to grow up and be themselves. They shouldn't have to grow up and fit some mold that society tries to form for them on, you know, what's the perfect way to look or the perfect way to eat or, or any of that. I think, um, I think human beings fairly unknown. Mm-hmm. I think um, that comes into it a lot especially from a parental standpoint mm-hmm. um, of like, oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to fear that. So I'm going to beat it into two make-belief lines so I know where it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, no, like, do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? Do you know for certain that you're going to wake up in the morning? Exactly. It's like everything's unknown, man. Like there's a risk everywhere, you know, our, our most accurate theories in the world are in fact theories. Yep. Right. Things that we call fact, we will never know to be a hundred percent certain, mm-hmm. which blows my mind. I think it's, I think people need to take that and apply it to everything in life. I was like, well, the only thing certain is what's already gone yep. and what's been done. Right. And then obviously memories start playing into the fact of like, oh, was it this or was it that? I was like, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just like, let, you know, live and let live, man. Right. And for a long time, that used to scare me. The thought mm-hmm. of doing that was very scary because I'm, I'm very much a control person. Every I've got to try to control as much as I can. And now I'm finding beauty in it. Like the, I, I kind of like that, that we, we don't always know. Um, I think that that's one of the things that make this life so beautiful. Cause I think if we knew what was going to happen next all the time, it wouldn't be that exciting Boring, and, and right? there would be things that we'd be sitting here dreading, but yeah. we can't live like that. We have to be able to just live and enjoy the experience. Mm. And how arrogant must we be as a human race to believe that we can control everything? 
Right. I was like, we are the dumbest species on this planet, man. Okay, fine. There's some diseases that we've cured, and you know we're planning on sending people to bloody Mars. We put boots on the moon. You know we've created these technologies. Fantastic. You're intelligent, but that doesn't make you clever. That doesn't make you emotionally intelligent. That doesn't make you understand the workings of species and 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 life in general, right? Everything and and anything intertwined. It's like no. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. See, I would love to have those types of courses in school. Like we so often learn about all these other things in school, but we don't actually get to learn how to live our lives in school. Mm. And there's just not that structure out there right now. And I think that's kind of why as a, as a human race, we're, we're kind of screwed sometimes because mm. we just don't grow up um, prioritizing stuff like that. We kind of just push it to the side and uh, try not to talk about it or think about it. Well, we prioritize exams over ethics, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's quite strange, especially like I, I'll meet a lot of people that are very, very, very intelligent in the academic sense, right? They've got a lot of pieces of paper. They were able to wake up and go to a 9 a.m. lecture. They were able to pass exams. And I'm, I'm not taking anything away from them. I think that's fantastic. Like I, I did not do that. I don't want to say I can't do that. I very, very struggle doing that and I wouldn't be as successful as they are. That's just not how my brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like they've got zero common sense. Their interactions with people is like surface level, if that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on with you, man? Like, how can you not understand? How can you not like see this person? It's like you're you're interacting with like a like a force field around you, which is this tiny little bubble that you're sat in. I was like, see the other person, hear them. I don't understand, but you get those different types of people that are book smart and street smart, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Case in point right here. I was, you know, the straight A student in high school and all growing up and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take this world by storm when I graduate and blah, blah, blah. I fell flat on my face because I was not prepared for it. You know, that's, I, I had that surface level connection with people and I wasn't emotionally intelligent and I, I hit a lot of the pain and the insecurities and I made a lot of bad choices and I allowed those to kind of define who I was. And um, I realized very quickly that all that stuff I'd learned in school, those straight A's, they meant nothing in the world, real world. It was that lived experience and the, that deep connection and emotional intelligence. Those were the things that were going to, you know, define what, who I was and, you know, if I was going to be successful in life. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be, did I get an A plus on that math test in second grade? Like it just, it wasn't that type of stuff. So um, I was that person. I, I thought, you know, I got the whole world in front of me, but uh, a grade point average does nothing in the real world. Fuck no, man. Like it helps with your uh, pub quizzes. You know what I mean? Like you can retain a little bit more information up there in the noggin, but um, being able to have like social interaction is, is, is crazy. And I think it's, um, it's a skill that needs to be refined every single day. Right. Yeah. You know, and especially being in front of people coaching and you're just like, wow, my God, like what is going on? Like I'm supposed to know these people and I've been coaching them for X amount of time. And I, I, I would bet my bottom dollar. I know these people and they come in and they're, and they're different. You're like, 
what what is going on in your life right now and just obviously you're not (laughs) you're not at the front saying that but you're like okay cool i need to be able to decipher these these messages that they're sending by body language by verbal communication by whatever and being able to break these people down and help them Mm -hmm. uh, and communicate with them effectively right i think effective communication is is something that's not taught definitely is something that most of us have no idea about, but it's something so, so important. Yep. I, I graduated college with a degree in communication. And again, I thought, you know, okay, I'm going to be really good at communicating. I've learned more in the last year and a half or so since I started this recovery and healing journey than I ever learned at university. Like, you learn so much more about effective communication when you go out and you have those personal, authentic conversations. And, mm. and that can't be taught in school. That's something that you do in your personal life with, with the people around you. And for me, I started with strangers because it was easier talking mm. to strangers because I felt like I didn't have anything to lose. And then once I got comfortable being authentic around strangers, that's when I expanded it to my friends and my family and those in my inner circle, because I felt like I, I had a little bit more of a risk there. So it was like, I kind of, I practiced I, with strangers and sharing my story through my blog and stuff. And, and now I've been able to kind of bring that into my personal life and to those that are closest with me. That's fascinating. Like I, I went the other way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's fascinating how you went with strangers first. Um, have you, have you tried to do it in person? Yeah. Yeah. And in person, it's, it's the same way for me. It's a lot easier to be myself around strangers than it is around the people who have known me for so long. And I think some of that might be because for so long I hid who I truly was and I kind of lived behind a mask. Mm. So in a way, I feel like the people that are in my life, I worry that they might see me as a fraud or that they might see me as a liar because they've seen these other sides of me. Whereas strangers in person, they, they don't know anything about me. So I get to kind of define who I am when I make that first interaction with them. And uh, now I make sure that it's an authentic interaction that I have. So, um, yeah, I kind of I guess I did it a little bit backwards than a lot of people because you're, you're not the first person I've talked to who said, you know, I did it the other way around. But uh, for me, for some reason, it was just it was easier the other way. There's a lot of strength in that, man. Like, and that's really commendable to be able to do that and, and, and walk up to a stranger and be like, you know what? Nah, this is who I am. You know, these are the cards that I'm holding in my hand and, and someone, uh, you know, who's the barista making the coffee. Like, How are you, man? You're like, you know what? Shit. How are you? You know, even if it's literally that, you know, you know what? I'm not doing too great at the moment or struggling or overworked, burnt out, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a completely, okay, like here's everything that's ever hurt me, you know, and unloading on that person. Cause that's another thing, right? You've unloading on people is, um, is rough on the receiving end. And you need to make sure that it's it's welcomed rather than just like, oh, here's all my problems. You're like, holy shit, okay. Um, I'm not going to have interactions with this person again because they just like verbal diarrhea around me and don't give me a chance to speak. Um, but yeah. 
kind of unloading yeah, on those strangers. My therapist. I'm not going to unload everything yeah. on them because uh, that's just the respectful thing to do, I think. But uh, yeah, kind of, kind of giving them that glimpse and just, you know, letting them know how I'm doing. But yeah, you, I don't have to give them the whole background on my life or my story or what's happening at this current time. If mm-hmm. they want that, they can read my book, I guess. <laughs> but um, Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go on, give it, give it a little, give it a little drop. What's, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. The- <laughs> so, uh, yeah, starving for survival, my memoir, uh, just kind of about my whole journey from, you know, my battle with an eating disorder and anxiety and OCD to losing my parents and falling out with my family at a young age, just all of that. I, I finally got the whole story out there with the blog. I've been able to do it in bits and pieces, but, um, I'm looking forward to the memoir coming out in January. Uh, so just a couple months away until I'll um, be able to uh, kind of share that story with everyone. And uh, like I said earlier, I hope I hope that there's even just bits and pieces of it that resonate with everybody out there, because um, it's just it's one of those things where there's so much power in storytelling, both for the person telling the story and for the person receiving the story uh, that I'm excited to get it out there. Mm, I'm excited to read it, man. I, I can't wait. Like I said, um it popped to my mind a few weeks back and I was like, oh yeah, I wonder if, uh, wonder if he's completed it. I'm going to have to double check. It's, it's, it's ready. <laughs> a couple more days and I'll have a physical copy in my hand. And that's when it, that's when it will really seem real. Cause it's been a, a year in the works. And uh, of course, I guess technically it's been 35 years in the works cause uh, my story has been going on quite a while, but um, yeah, I, I'm excited. That's it, man. You need to be able to live a life worth writing about. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, people, oh, how do I do this? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, first of all, man, it's just living, mm-hmm. you know, go, go do your thing. Like go figure this thing out, go fail, fuck up and then figure it out. And then eventually you'll be like, you know what? All that was garbage. I'll drop that. These were a couple of good points. Um, and then, you know what? That's just a wicked start itself. And then yeah. you can start having those conversations or, or writing it down. Wouldn't it be awesome if like, instead of obituaries, when we pass away, we each have a memoir. Like, mm. I think that would be pretty cool to go back and like read all these people's stories because everybody's got a story to tell. So that mm. would be, that would be pretty awesome. Maybe we do it. Maybe we start. Yeah. We'll start a new trend. <laughs> start a new trend. Yeah. Unfortunately we need to, uh, you know, pass away to start it. So um, <laughs> fingers crossed that's going to be for a long time. Yeah, that, that'll be a long time in the future, but I guess I've already got mine ready. So I'll just add a, add a second addition to it. Yeah, that's it, man. You're going to need another like 70 years on top of that. Yeah. Brother, I appreciate your time again, man. I'm going to have to shoot because I got coaching, but um, I really, really appreciate your time. Like I always, I always get so much from our conversations. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love these conversations and I can't wait to have another one with you. Thank you, brother. Like you, you know, you know where I am. If you ever can leave the country with, with all the borders and stuff, and um, definitely, definitely hit me up with that book. Absolutely, yeah. I'll be sending one your way, and and yeah, as soon as they let me, I'll come. I'll head out your way. So, <laughs> yeah, sounds awesome, good. man. All right, take it easy. Take care, brother. See you later.